is up, everyone? Welcome to Jammers in the Rough. We got an amazing like episode this. today. Like we are <laughs> continuing to work on our new format and figure out, you know, when Manny is going to be here. He was supposed to be here today, but uh, that's going to be next week. So that you have to look forward to. As always, we have our amazing host, Josh, the Hops Winter. We got Cody, the absolute worst, Waldron, and of course, Paige. Just happy to be here. Emo Page. Page. Just happy to Page, be here. Emo Hurtado. <laughs> I can't remember what my nickname was last week, but it was a good one, and so I already slipped it. Page is so rage. Yeah, there you go. Page is the rage. So brush your hair over your eyes. <laughs> I was saying my hair's starting to grow out, guys. Uh, Check it out. I got this little poof. Oh man. That's a that's a that good that that little like it's a wave. Oh, it's a mess. I need to get a haircut. <laughs> haircut and a shave. But I will tell you, my first A tier of the season is here. I got my practice round in today. It's at Pioneer Open. It was one of those courses I did have a good round with Jace? last year. With Jace, yep. Albatross Disc. So a little shout out to Jace. He got out there. Um, I was hoping there'd be a little bit of update on the course. So there was one negative feedback on the course last year. And that was there was uh, a little bit of redundancy in some of the shot shapes. Um, where there was like five or six of the kind of the same kind of mirrored left to right, 380 to 400 type shots and so was hoping to see some change on that unfortunately that didn't happen so it kind of just kind of feels like that little sucker punch you know what i mean like get to the course excited to play it after a year because it's a temp course uh on a golf course and so you you get there and then you get in that stretch and it's this middle stretch right you get the birdie kind of beginning and you hit this middle stretch where it's just a lot of these left right moving shots and it kind of just sucks the fun out of it and then you get the back stretch which you know kind of tries to get you to bite off more than more than you you might be capable of and then you take some ob stroke so it's like start off strong kind of low and then finish on a strong backside so um is this that was why you're so sad? no this isn't this isn't why i think uh oh kayak 100 no uh kayak versus horning hideout i think this is a really good question um i think hornings wins i think hornings has uh good elevation challenging tracks with multiple layouts within them i think kayak point is a good practice facility and good facility for that but if you're trying to bring your four-year-old not your four-year-old but maybe your eight to nine-year-old out there i don't know if kayak point will have as much fun with them whereas like hornings with highlands they're gonna have a blast you're gonna be hiking and it's gonna feel like a disc golf trip for them so but i'm also partial bias i didn't like kayak point as much as i like uh, Horning side out in regards to the the pro layout, the gold layout at Kayak Point, complete disappointment. When you talk about redundancy, they had three shot shapes really. You had your big kind of bomber holes um, that were all the same shape, and then you had your you know just throw your turnover shot for like the four like you know the par threes, and then they had the worst designed wooded course or wooded holes I've ever seen. Um, those are the three type of shots at uh, Kayak Gold. And I think Meadows is his hands down better than it. Um, unfortunately, there is some uh, negativity swirling around Hornings. So that is kind of the downside of that one right now. And I, there's people that are not wanting to support Hornings Hideout because of that. And I get that. But what what is um, the negativity, if you don't mind me asking? And if you want to. Pop, 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 and... pop. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You could have just said shootings or violence, but <laughs> pop, 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 pow. Is that a bang, 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 and a bang, and a bang, 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 and a bang? Oh my god. So you guys can fill in the blanks for that one. <laughs> mm. Um kayak does have a punting course, and that's 
that's fun. But also with an eight, nine year old, you know, they're not going to be throwing, you know, like a fairway in a shot, you know, like 150 foot, 160 foot shots. They're good, good little putting greens. But I just think what Hornings has in all three of those courses are all unique tracks that never get stale. I think if I had to play Hornings every day, and I think we see this all the time with our West Side uh you know jammer listeners out there they'll play hornings every you know three four times a week every day and be fine and happy but i think if you had to go to kayak and play only that course on a weekly basis three to four times a week i think you'd get stale and a little bit bored out there um but that's my take i think both have their you know the benefits and their their downside hornings will teach you how to control your nose angle up and down hills hit gaps and make big putts and also the art of the layup whereas kayak points is going to allow you to open up your arm start to shape discs and just have some fun watching discs fly it's a pretty good description of it but all right what about uh, you guys i'm just dominating it josh you've been to i don't know anything about Oregon. i have not golf. been to kayak or hornings hornings is one i have not been to um i've in Oregon, not quite. Well, there yet. you go. There's my completely biased opinion on the two. Yeah, I've been I'm in a kayak. Good. He's been in a kayak, so I think Cody, Cody's mm. uh, opinion kind of weighs a little bit heavier I'm, than yours. I'm pro kayak. I think they're fun. Um, canoes and wraps are also a good time. I've never disc golfed in one, but I feel like I could try. But I don't think it would. I mean, I'm not a very good disc golfer on dry land, so I can only imagine I don't have my sea legs under me. Uh, I probably would miss a lot of putts. Yep. Okay. There you go. Straight from the <laughs> mouth. <laughs> from the uh, mouth of babes. We got another question, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Top three courses in Oregon. This is always a favorite course or a favorite question of mine. Um, I'll let Josh start with this one because he's in Oregon. Um, it's all gonna be biased, but well, that's what. I... That's what questions usually are, Josh. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, man. Uh, I'm gonna say, this is why Paige say, is so upset. I'm going to say Dexter. Oh, that's terrible. That's a terrible Dexter's, take. That's not your opinion. I didn't know this so, was Cody's lukewarm takes. That's trash. Yeah. That's so I'm going to say Dexter, uh, Milo, um, and then uh, Serene. The Byron Buxton. Talk about just being Eugene-based and then hype-based. Yeah. Okay, first of all, no one has been to Milo and been like, oh, this is a shitty course. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's definitely in my top three. I think that's the, obviously, once upon a time, was top five in U-Disc in the world. Like, I don't think anyone's going to take Milo away. I'm talking about Serene and Dexter just being completely Eugene-centric and biased, and I'll have to disagree with sure. that. They're good courses. Top three in Oregon? I don't think so. I think, obviously, Milo is the easy pick, and... You know, it's not even close. You have the full 36 holes in there. It's just a different gem and altogether. But even with the gold layout now, being able to kind of make the 27 hole a little bit viable, that's also fun. Um, enough's been said about Milo. I think my other take is Whistler's Bend. I think mm. Whistler's Bend is an absolute dream. Uh, they that got new baskets, which was like uh, the baskets were, you know, kind of outdated. So getting a new ba- or basket. So shout out to Resistance Disc, Jeff Corns and uh scott withers in order to get that hat make that happen but blister's bend is going to be always one of my top three courses and then my surprise pick uh not to a lot of people that know me but i think trojan i think trojan is definitely trojan? up there absolutely i think trojan a top is three up, course i think trojan is a top three course you have the scenic you have the views you have the danger the difficulty and the then danger also, what is the, the danger 
Watch and then the also, you just have fun golf to be had that challenges <laughs> like all levels. I just think Trojan is a completely underrated course because people get scared of losing their disc in water. Um, but weren't, I think you, if weren't you, you the guy that lost like $800 worth of disc there in a weekend? I, yeah, I, that makes I, me yep. never want to play there in my life. And I've never just don't take expensive discs. Are I get don't. Danger. Are get good. So you're not good? I'm not good. I'm oh, not. Okay. That's I have all I want to cash at disc golf. That's all we're um, talking about. The podcast is over. Paige has admitted <laughs> his shortcomings. Shut it down. Yeah. Paige, no, um, down in Roseburg at Whistler's Bend, when you get to the basket that's like on the edge of the cliff to the river. Yeah. The like what you, three, what, like 81. Yeah. But to a drop off, like. Yeah. Yeah. 15 yeah. Feet behind I lost it. a Imperial Eagle one off the cliff. I went to lay up, caught <laughs> like air and re- rode right into the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your go-to I'm shot at to it? Just imagine this. Uh, I do two. So if there's no wind, I kind of like to take a praxis straight at it, um, mm-hmm. and try to not stand it up. Just try to crash it into those bushes to the left of it. Um, that'll give you about a 25, 30 foot putt. Um, but my favorite shot is the high hyzer over everything and trying to crash into those same bushes. You don't just go for it. Ace run? No. <laughs> Why am I going to lose my disc? I got a tournament. So no way. High Why risk, high reward. For it? Huh? I go for the high... birdie. I go for a 30-foot putt for the birdie instead no. of trying to park it where if you don't land it, you got to, like, park it, like, you got to land 150 short and then scoot up. <laughs> a yeah. real man would park it. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's saying. why Whistler's Bend kicks my ass every single time. And I think for mm-hmm. me, like, when I look at courses, I like my – I like to be humbled in a course, right? Josh is saying he likes to go to Dexter because he likes to score birdies, and that's good for him. But me, I like to be challenged. <laughs> That's good for him. <laughs> I like Dexter. Well, Trojan is Dexter... not the most overhyped course. We have it is too. Yes, it we is. We have one tournament there a year that's worth any salt, and that's Jam Jellyfish. Um, the course wow. is cool. The course I think is it's cool. completely underrated. I think it's overrated. It's a cool course, though. It think... sounds overrated. <laughs> it's, it's it's all right. Even all right. is it Anders or Ander? Ander Wake? It's no. <laughs> it's Ander. <laughs> It's Ander. Is it Ander? Uh, yeah. Well, just we because actually, I played with him watch... today. I, okay. I played with him today. Like, okay. I he gets the work of Hulk. He, yeah. he gives the eye rolls like crazy. Dude, Anders Holmvik, he's my boy. I love him. Wilder is guard. Oh, that's Ty. No. Ty, get out of here. But Wilder is a good course, though. That's, that's a new solid. New Wilder. Not old Wilder. It's new Wilder. <laughs> Why is it what's new? What's the difference? Yeah, what's... One's old, one's new. Simple. Same course, though? No, it's science. Was Josh. updated too. I'm fucking confused. Look at the difference what's... of Alton Baker and the Oregon disc Wait, what's Al- Alton Baker? Alton Baker? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. Is it like Alton so, Baker's? So it's the same course, just updated. So when I go, like when I went and played Wilder two weeks ago, that's, that's the, the new Wilder. Shit. That's the old shit. What the? Fuck? The new new. <laughs> that's old. <laughs> well, the, whatever version of Wilder I played, I. I gotta agree. It's a, it's a good one. Oh, Cole Rodolin said it himself. It's top three course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares about Cole <laughs> oh my pages? He's so nice tonight. Paige, let's talk about your disc that you threw this week. <laughs> all right, let's, way to cue us up. Hashtag talk- all day presents <laughs> with slinging discs. We're gonna talk about the guava. Uh, this that? is a clash discs mid range, uh, straight to overstable finish. Think MD4 reactor. Um, Trying to get a feel for it right here. Kind of like the flight, but like most discs, it can't go through trees. 
Um, that's the downside <laughs> of it. Here, I wanted to kind of flex it out a little bit, flat the ante, and see what it can do. Um, I went like 60 long with the basket, but I thought it was a good little shape to kind of just stretch it out um, where you're trying to shape it through some of the woods. Um, Sam Benson, y'all, Bazooka Benson, he likes to be known as. Here, he's crushing it. He gets a hold of them better than me. Um, and you can see why it really starts to shape. You can hammer into them pretty nicely, and they're always going to be overstable finishes. I'll say it didn't flip up at all, really. Maybe a little no. bit. And here, I was throwing the Color Glow Guavas, which are complete trash. Don't buy them. Um, oh this runs better. So I threw it a little bit low. This is my first throw with this new or this run. Uh, but the Color Glow is a little bit straighter, a little bit uh, less torque resistance. Um, but this flat kind of proto run is, I think, absolutely money if you're trying to look for this kind of disc. Here's Arturo throwing it at Blue Lake. And then Ooh. this is another, this is a shot that I think they're absolutely made for. Dude, um, that vest so is legit. Vest and disc golf go hand in hand. Mm. So you just boom. And you can start to see it, right? You put it flat to Annie, challenge the right side tree, but it just Damn, helps straight. Sam. And then just finish. Shot. So pause it here. Pause it here. Working on it. Working on it. So he's a grown. So man. for the guava for me, I it was kind. Of, I, it was worth the wait. I think I watched Scott Withers throw it at ORGGC quite a bit, and oh no, Jam and Jellyfish, and it's a disc that I was really wanting and waiting for. But for me, what I'm starting to realize, like when I start to get to tournament golf, uh, when I get nervous, I overpower discs, and when I'm realizing with clash discs and class mid ranges, they don't like extra torque, off angle torque. Um, they get kind of bullied. And I'm not saying it's a good habit of mine. It's definitely a bad habit. When mm. you throw them correctly, they're great discs. But when in a tournament with some pressure on you and you need to get that upshot, I Ooh, went to go pressure. for it last weekend and ended up taking it out of my bag after it because I couldn't trust it. And funny enough, uh, I ended up replacing it with this Neutron Reactor um, with a Justin Billadoo stamp, which... Dude, it's those look are legit looking stamps too. Yeah, I like it's a great stamps. run of them, and it's kind of what I've been looking for in my mid range. And how so, would you compare that the that mid range to a glow reactor? Oh, it's better. It's glow reactors are trash to it. These have more glides, are a little bit straighter with that still overstable. The guava does. Uh, yeah, and but so, not color glow. So don't get the color glow. Don't get the color glow. The color glow ones are straighter. They're like less stable than a berry. I don't think they were a good run. They're also weirdly domey, and they match the Ugh. rim and come in. Somebody called them a mid-range dart, and I was like, that's exactly what they are. Um, so I didn't like them at all. These ones were flat. Um, they felt really good. The plastic felt really good and consistent. You can hammer on them. And for most people, like I said, it's going to be that reactor, that MD4. I'm just realizing it's not for me. That doesn't mean it's a bad disc. I think this run is really good, and if you can get your hands on them for under $30, they're definitely worth it, and they're definitely glidey. And so I did a little ask, but I have three clips, guys. I wanted to show you the spore. So the spore is like a lot of discs, the glitch, the the polecat, the sonics, the, you know, this kind of catch disc. So I wanted to see what they're about, right? You got so a used ahead. one? I do have a used one. You can have this one. <laughs> go ahead and put play or push play, Josh. So like a lot of these catch discs, you can't overpower them because oh, they go right. Damn. No torque. No power. Um, here I am trying to make a slight adjustment off that where I kind of smooth out my throw just a little bit, slow it down, but it still wants to go right. So off the tee, I don't like them. But 
if this is kind of your game, this is where I think they shine. If you're going for upshots, standstill, they're glidey, point-and-shoot kind of discs that I don't absolutely hate. Uh, for me, it's about trusting the disc, and because of those first thro two throws, I don't trust it. But because of those last throw, I do think they're good discs, if that's your style of playing. If you like to feel, I think this one, out of all of those discs, feel more like a disc golf disc to me. They just feel like a deeper link, if you've ever felt the link, mm. some of those vapor links. So they felt like that. Um, point shoot, good catch disc. I think they're a little bit glidier than the glitch to me, and a little bit more stable than the glitch. Um, I'll say but, everything I've heard was that it's a little bit more stable than a glitch, and you get a little bit more glide. So you saw that when you threw it. Yep, that's exactly what I. That's exactly what I saw. Um, and I think they're good, and that's why. Like I think. So actually, I did those videos in reverse. So my standstill was my first throw with it, which is what I liked. Um, so then, because of the stability on it, which surprised me, I thought I can put more torque into them, but that completely overpowered that. Right? It's got to be a slow standstill smooth throw and it's going to kind of gravitate towards the basket every single time so i know i wanted to do one or the other with guavar spore but after throwing the spore three or four times my mind was made up about it and i didn't need to throw it anymore whereas the guava probably took me two to three weeks of really kind of dissecting and figuring out for myself with is it a good disc or is it a bad disc and i think it's good but get the right run because those color glow runs were you know pretty pretty awful hmm so do you think it will have a spot in your bag or no? No, because those reactors got here and that's exactly what I wanted because I've, I got nervous and I put the torque into them and I can, they still hold straight, but they'll hold straight longer whereas the guava gets that rightward drift and then it remembers as a guava and dumps. Okay. So if I get nervous with the reactor, I'll be looking at a 30 to 40 foot putt rather than a park drop. Whereas with the guava, I'm looking at a 50 to 60 foot putt Um and in open fields, that's kind of negligible. But when you're in the woods, that 50 to 60 is usually going to hit a tree. The 30 to foot, 30 to 40 is usually going to get through the gap. And so that's how I look at it through my eyes. I think it's worth pursuing. Like Sam, Sam's absolutely shredding with them. They were exactly what he wanted. He's a big mango thrower. Um, and he wanted a little bit straighter mango. And that's the guava. And then when he backs up the guava, he's going berry. I think if that's your kind of game, the guava is going to fit that really well. I'm starting to realize, like like I said, the downside of some of those Clash mid-ranges for me aren't for me. And so I'm probably not going to be touching another Clash mid-range like for now, moving forward. Hmm. So if you like Clash mid-ranges, this has a spot in the bag. Yep. Hmm. If you've been Fair experimenting enough. with the Clash, if you like the plastic, um, and I think people know, right? Like, I think they're going to come out with the, what is it, the Sunny? The Sunny is going to be more stable than whatever the other plastic's called. Uh, whatever the tour series plastic is, I think is going to be more stable than whatever the baseline plastic is. So that's my that's my little sweet pages little, little sweet take. Yeah, love it. All right, Cody, what you got for us tonight? I mean, always the worst takes in the world. Uh, we got so ch -ch 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 cold takes with Cody. Cold takes uh, sponsored by Cold Takes with Cody. I, I just want to change it to Cody's commentary. I mean, just because my takes. I, I'm not a. I'm not a hot take type of person. I'm not like a confrontational. He likes, he's, he's a very conservative guy. All right, I'm just guys? like yeah. I'm he just likes like, to eh. keep these like these opinions just small, compact. But ultimately, he wants to make these takes great again. So let's let's listen here. <laughs> uh, all right. So my mediocre take for the day. Um, 
is that local pros do more for brick and mortar shops than manufacturers do. Say that again, Cody. So <laughs> run it back. Uh, Cody's code takes sponsored by dry ice. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take that. Wow. <laughs> they can't even say who did it. Like it's just, you're just going to do me like that and not say anything. No, it's but good stuff. It's um, that's, Local pros do more for disc golf brick and mortar stores. Like, so think of your local shop than manufacturers do. How so? So think about it this way. Um, every brick and mortar shop that I've ever gone to is always like, you know, it was so hard for me to get so-and-so like disc from here. Like I'm trying to order from Innova, it's taking forever. I'm trying to do this and that where you're getting these local pros. Like I think of Gavin Rathbun, who we've had on here before is big into Idlewild. Like he has, I have disc with his stamp on it, with their stamp on it. He's pushing their stuff. He's doing things for that, that um, brick and mortar store. And he, he's, you know, he's posting about him. He's saying things about him. Think about Paige. I wouldn't call him a local pro, mediocre local dude. Paige for all day disc golf. Think about all he's doing for them. When does Innova, when does Dynamic, Discraft, anyone call out, or say like, hey, we're so happy that All Day Disc Golf is selling our products. We're so happy that this is doing everything for us. When all these local pros, usually they're getting sponsorships. So it's kind of like a symbiotic relationship. But you're going to get more from them than you are from the person that is going to give you the disc. You would think that these big companies would be like, how can we help you out? You know, what can we do to increase sales? Because if, if we're increasing your sales, that means we're increasing our sales. If we're making it easy for us, if we're making it easy for you to get our product in there, hey, you know, with your with your um, inventory this week, you know, what can we what disc is selling out great that we can get you more when it's usually a fight for them. Like anytime I go to a store, hot disc, they're like, eh, we're sold out. We only got three and we can't get another one for months. It just seems like you're kind of uh, it's it's just kind of hurting, hurting the people that should be helping you. So you went so when you went in somewhere like on a new disc and they only got three, like in like what what brand? So um like even with the pixels coming out, so the one store that I went to that has them, he only got like eight of them. He got eight of those and then he got like six of the Eagles. And I was like, So what colors you got? He didn't have a whole lot of color selection. What do you have for this? And I'm not saying that it's it's like that across the board because he's like a little tire, a bike store that sells disc golf on the side. Like I went there today and, you know, he was able to hook me up, but still at the same time, you know, I was like, Hey, do you have any more soft? He's like, I only have these two soft. I was like, Oh, so there's like, you couldn't get more. He's like, no, this is all they sent me. And I don't know when I'm getting more. So hmm. and I will where, say too, like, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say where like for, local pros that are pushing like i think about i just saw gavin rathbun post about you know i'm just using him because i saw that references recently but you see all these pros like hey man come out to auto wild i'll be there come check out this plastic and people are gonna be like yeah hey my local pro is gonna be there i know gavin rathbun i saw him on tv why wouldn't i want to go check it out maybe you know ask him some questions what makes a local pro rating content presence <sighs> i would say it could be either all of those, some of those, because you do like, I guess our local pro is the guy, um, Brad Leskelite. He's an Innova local pro and he's been like, he was on battle for Bedford. He played against Macbeth. He's Innova sponsored. 
but he's the guy that's always pushing like one of our local places is central PA disc golf. He makes sure all of our, our payouts for leagues and tournaments go through him. So he's making sure he's giving this company business. Hey, we're going to pay in our fees. All the payouts come through this guy. He's going to come to our events, buy some discs from him. Boom. Where I've never heard Innova or anyone say like, Hey, check out central PA. Now, of course that'd be difficult on such a grand level, but it's just something that you notice. So I'll take it one step further too. Um, with mm. your take. So mm, get it. Pros do more for brick and mortars than manufacturers. And I also think then manufacturers do more for individual sellers and resellers than they do for brick and mortars in supporting that. And I think the way that we do this, I think we look at uh, latitude when Tatar won the little, you know, uh, gambit, right? The trifecta, the triple crown, whatever it was called, right? They won all of the majors. What did they do? They released on their stores very limited quantities only on the online. And they limited it to all of the online sales before they even opened it up to brick and mortars. Brick and mortar did had no idea when they're going to open it. They didn't communicate to brick and mortar stores, letting them know that, hey, wait a week and then we'll get it out to you. So not only are they prioritizing them as a manufacturer and their sales, they're actually supporting re like buyers and flippers because you're encouraging them to bulk up before the brick and mortars even have a chance. And what this does to the brick and mortars is by the time that brick and mortars actually get the inventory, the mind has made up about this disc. The hype has died down and the mind, if this is a good disc or bad disc, is made up before you have access to it at a brick and mortar. And what that does is allow the brick and mortars to buy a bigger quantity than maybe they would because they finally get a chance at them, which allows you know the manufacturer to dump these discs. But then a lot of times the brick and mortar are sitting on these discs for longer. When's the last time you went into a store and saw the world champion Grace? Or not Grace, uh, what's the Claymore? The Claymore. How many of those do you still Never. see on your local brick and brick and Never. mortars right now? Um, and so it just it hurts them. And so either they're, they're sitting on a surplus of inventory that they can't move because everybody that was excited about them made up their mind before them. Or like the Envies, right? You have Pixels. The Pixels won't release for two days. If you come out here and tell everybody that the Pixels are absolute trash, how many people do you have influence over? That's We have 700 to 1,000 listeners on our jammers in the rough. And with that, we have a slight influence whether you might purchase this or not. Um, and we got it beforehand. But if a brick and mortar has a hundred of them, right, they somehow got the inventory um, and everybody's coming out and bashing them like the clash discs with the overmolds. When that came out before the brick and mortars had them and they were like, these aren't tested. These are bad. They come breaking apart. All of the brick and mortars now had to sit on the overmolds that they got because nobody wanted to buy a Clash Mint with the Overmold um, or the Wild Honey because they were $40 discs and they were bashed online. And so me extending on that take, manufacturers do more for the, the collectors and the flippers than they do for brick and mortar. And back to Cody's original point, I think pros do more because when a pro stops in town, they're the ones that are drawing connections, right? Huck Lab will be like, hey, Eagle, do you want to come over here and do a signing? And they'll work with the player or their agency in order to do that, not the sponsorship. The sponsorship gets to ride the coattails for free because they sponsor the player, and they're usually going to be just mania discs in that situation. Um, but, you know, a lot of times they're not actually going and supporting them. If Prodigy isn't moving or Discraft isn't moving their Ooh. product, 
are they reaching out to the brick and mortars and be like, hey, send us back that box. Sorry, they're not selling. Let's get you some that are going to sell. No, they're happy to unload them. And they unload stuff that are way out of date, way out of season with zero absolute hype. Hey, here's 20 Reapers that nobody wants to buy anymore because you got the Athena and the Cicada. So buy these Reapers from us because this is what you're going to get. Um, oh, Ledgestone. You have to buy into the full year of Ledgestone subscription as a brick and mortar. You can't pick and choose. AGL. Mm. AGL, and you can't buy the one player that you want to support. We're Northwest. Scott just got on there, right? You can't just buy Scott's disc. You have to buy all of the AGL stuff and hold all of their product. Well, that stuff's not going to move. Why are you going to take a big chunk from these brick and mortars when you should be finding different ways to support them and help them be successful because they're the direct connection to to the community and the people what um didn't dine or didn't love it Dismania do this a couple years ago with cloud breakers where the online retailers got like a certain color of cloud breaker i feel like that they, they did that a couple years ago they did One that with the, the essence the, so that... it was like the neoplastic so Dismania got a lot of tra or trouble not trouble they got a lot of flack because blue was desirable but pinks and yellows weren't and so brick and mortars were getting the allotment from Discmania. And sometimes it'll be all yellow, which is the stuff that can't move. And all of the blue were being either, you know, and it's probably, you know, whether it's randomized or not, but all of the blue wasn't landing on the store shelves. And so then what you saw was a, a surplus of yellow and pink discs on shelves that nobody can move because at the time nobody was buying the evolution line because why buy an instinct when you can buy an FD2? Um, that whole kind of battle. Why buy a DD3 or Enigma when you can buy an Echo DD3? Um, though they're good on discs, the, and they've always been good discs, but but there was on the, one on the same note, just real quick too. on the same yeah. note with like Dismania, you know, at a certain point back, like when I was selling online with Dismania, uh, the brick and mortars they you know they they spoke up, you know, Dismania has uh, a place for them to come and you know express their concerns. And what Dismania did at that point was they were started to do releases that were only brick and mortar releases of special discs um i'm not sure if they still do that i know that's something they they did do to kind of combat that issue that was happening a while back in like the innova molded days mm -hmm. oh we're still around and i guess evolution was still was started up as well no and I but mean... yeah it, it's just weird like i remember they did the cloud breaker one where like there was a variant foil where people were like oh let's get that and same thing with variants with MVP, like the people were buying them and then just flipping them for ridiculous amounts when brick and mortars were getting none of that. But uh, digress. digress. Hot take, check out Soul Crusher. Manny's coming next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think that's one of those good things too. Like I think M Manny has done with the Soul Crusher site a good way of uh, promoting the player and not necessarily the discs, the manufacturer. You know, a lot of his proceeds, he did custom run shirts for some of these touring pros that went directly to them. And so he was finding different ways to support them through his art. And I think that's a creative way to do that. You know, and I think when you go into the stores, like, you know, tour series stuff is always going to sell before any of the stock stuff. And I think there's a reason why. To, why? Um, and I think manufacturers also kind of gatekeep a lot of that tour series stuff um, and kind of limit uh, some of the sales unless... You know, then they try to unload. Like I think the sexy birds, right? Like they're like they duped people and thinking there's only going to be one run, and then they did like six. 
six runs and um, it's one of my my favorite things but uh (laughs) you know what did that do for like some of the brick and mortars it makes some of the brick and mortars look bad when they only have 10 and they make people show up at 6 a.m to try to buy those 10 and then a month later they do another run a month later they do another run um and i don't think that should be you know as widely gatekept especially if you're going to have the online sale i know not everybody has access to a brick and mortar and that's fine so i still think you should be doing that but doing it all at once rather than this kind of trickle effect and then also how do you hold some of these stores uh accountable right like we talked about the envy and the praxis how many people got early access to them a week a week and a half ahead of time um and what is the what are the manufacturers doing to those brick and mortars and those sellers in order to stop that? Because I don't think that's okay either. Um, but if that's happening more and more, that's kind of the only thing that's left for some of these brick and mortars to battle back is to get some of that early release of these discs out there. Because if the mine mades up and it moves away from it, then they have a box full of discs that they can't sell. Mm. That's why I got pixels here, seventy dollars each. Buy them here, jammers. Week early. <laughs> See it here. When's the uh, when's like the official <laughs> release of like the sixteenth? Like two days. Sixteen people trying like flipping them online, and they're like, "Why? I'll just wait two days." Like, same thing. I'm just gonna throw these and say if they work anyway. I'm like, oh, all right. I mean, I'll give you the hot take right now. The pixels are good discs. Dude, you I ever see those... this? The overmold and this are the exact same color. Yeah, I like those. Those are my favorite. They started doing them more and more. Um, they look like real discs, like real discs, because <laughs> I'm a real, real. boy. <laughs> uh, um, well, I mean, so it's two days until that comes out. So, two? how's that? Two, two, his thumb don't my, work. my thumb doesn't count. My thumb doesn't count. I don't count. That's it's not just a, natural. It's not a finger, I'm, I'm always a giving thumbs up to everyone because they deserve it. So, I count with four fingers, so I can always give you a thumbs up so dumb. or it's thumbs math. down. <laughs> yeah right it was two <laughs> but uh speaking of that disc coming out so that's like two days two days from from now so you got two days left on our jammers in the rough facebook page to just sign up and into the drawing for one of eagles are we doing a giveaway on our page yeah what since when since uh they announced them uh, it's uh, you know I, I got them through Rare Air Disc, uh, who's also Cody off the pound and onto the scratch. <laughs> oh no! Look, I got two the of squatch. them. I got to do a ba- I got to do a bag review. There you Lore go. Versus Mac Harrison. There you go. Mm. But Rare Air Disc is one of our sponsors. And hey, we're talking over here. Want to save uh ten percent off your order? <laughs> use discount code Jammers. Uh, yeah, Rare Air Disc is a good online reseller. Rare Disc, new disc. This all got a huge disc. shipment of disc. They have like. 170 pages of rare discs so that's kind of it's, cool. it's crazy Dude, like some dude, of the stuff I this find thing's on a there. bomb i love this thing my my glow hex also here's a hot take the glow plastic is the worst in the mvp lineup for throwing you're an idiot <laughs> all right so uh so what i'm gonna do so i'm changing the name of like my little segment every week just to try out you can't things. do that i, can't I, I did you know, no, you can. just change every Watch week, me. Cody. Watch me. Yeah, this week true. was uh, yeah. what was it? Was Cody's, Cody's code, commentary. Cody's code takes commentary. sponsored by Dry yeah. Ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now this one is called Josh's Josh's Juice. Okay, so here we go. That's how I do not want Josh's so Juice. I was speaking. Um, I got a message from Glenn out in Minnesota. Ren? Uh, he, Glenn G L E N. So he reached out to me. He's a relative of my wife's, and he my is wife. in a league that's. He just wants to tell the world about, and they 
play in super cold weather. You know what? I'm going to let him describe it. He, he made a video and sent it to me that I'm going to play for y'all. So let me pull that up and I'll just let you watch it. That's... Wait a second. Hit me with it. Right? Paige, what do you think about this disc? Murica. <laughs> I, I don't think All I've right. ever thrown one, but I mean, it's... Here yeah. we go. Uh-oh. Hello, jammers in the rough. My name's Glenn, Glenn Brushwine. I'm a distant cousin or something like that of Josh. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm here to tell you a little bit about disc golf in the winter in Minneapolis. And some of the guys that you're going to see today, this is a doubles that we put together on a Sunday. It wasn't a true league. Ended up with about 20 guys coming out to play. Temperature was hovering right around zero degrees on the wind chill. It did get up to almost 20 degrees the day that uh, you see in the footage here. But it's a hardy bunch of guys and it's very difficult to get motivated and keep going. And I really appreciate the league directors and the enthusiasm of my fellow disc golfers. And it's, uh, it's one of the hardiest, I believe. We have three pretty large leagues. They're mostly flex leagues that operate three to four days a week. Some of the leagues get 60 to 70 guys per time. Uh, the other two leagues get between 30 and 50. Uh, the quality of this golf on these leagues, I think is pretty good. If you wanna win one of them, you gotta probably play a better than a thousand rated round. Uh, and that's every week. And oftentimes it's a, a rated round of somewhere in the 1020 to 1040 range uh, that would take down open, the open division in one of these leagues. And one of the beautiful things about these leagues is we have multiple divisions and there's usually at least 10 to 15 guys, no matter what division you are. It is actually zero degrees Fahrenheit right now. It's the middle of January. We're going to have more of these zero degree days coming up. <clears throat> and I have to try to stay limber. I have to try to not let the 60 year old get into all kinds of problems by becoming sedentary. I need to move, I need to get outside. Yeah, I need to get outside and I need to get outside and play. I need to get outside and play quality disc. I need to get outside and play with friends. I need to get outside and play with young people that excite me to play with. And then the second thing is I need to get outside and play with good players. And by good players, I mean players that can fairly easily drop a thousand rated round. And I have a number of those folks that I can get on cards. Uh, I think they're okay and happy with me getting on cards with them. And uh, sometimes it's in a good vibe. So it's wonderful to have you here. We'll keep working on this. Hmm. So that was a pretty cool little video to show us, you know, a little bit what Minnesota League's like. Uh, I can't imagine. Miserable. It, you know, <laughs> it looks absolutely oh, terrible. Oh. <laughs> Hot take. That's terrible. I think, Cold uh, take. I always joke about like, uh, I didn't realize like the impact of seasonal affective disorder until I started playing disc golf and then not being able to get out for even like two days. I just feel like I go crazy. Um, let alone somewhere like, like that, where, like he said, like you had to mo get motivated. You got to, you know, get out there and want to get out there. And that's not a lot of people that have that kind of that fortitude for it. Right. Cause that looks miserable to me. I think if I lived there, I'd stop disc golfing and move South. So I could start disc golfing again. Yeah, I mean, like, just a wind chill, because, like, I went to, uh, you know, Jordan's family's from Minnesota. 
and I've went to Minnesota a couple times now, and one time in the winter-ish months, and I cannot believe how cold it can get. Um, just like the wind chill is actually a thing. Never knew it till I went there. I, mean, I bet Jerry Ann knows all about that up in the Canadas. Uh, but you know, it's it's cool to see you know how many people push through every single week, multiple times a week to come out and play in that weather just because of love of disc golf. It tells you how strong the love of disc golf is. Um, it looks like what was this? We get negative forty cold snaps. It kicks the hell out of us. We always made a point to get out there and throw a disc. I mean, like I said, it just shows how much disc golf can drive people to do things. I know uh, Glenn is working on a like a little a three-part series to kind of go a little more in-depth of the people in his league and stuff. Um, so I'll keep you guys up to date about that. Um, it's kind of a cool little project he's going. Um, I post those videos, like a links to them on the Jammers in the Rough page. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's cool to see. It, it makes me wonder um, how other people, other people's leagues around the nation, if not the world, um, do their stuff. It'd be cool stories but, to find out. You know, find uh, out somebody who doesn't Florida, like the humidity of Florida and playing in that. Like, what's that like? Miserable. Um, I liked his positivity, though. Like, when mm -hmm. you heard him talking, yeah. he was like, I do this because I need to stay active. And that's why I teach disc golf in, in my classes at school. I'm teaching kids, hey, find something you want to be active. Find something you can be with other people. I mean, that's some of my favorite thing about disc golf. And, I, and you know, when he said he wanted to be on a thousand rated round cards, that's cool. But at the same time, if you're having a good time and you can be, you can make, you can play disc golf like you're not throwing 10 feet every time. I can have fun with you as long as your attitude's good. I think attitude exactly. to me is more important than mm -hmm. rating. I would rather have fun with someone who, you know, has a good time regardless than playing with a thousand rated person who has a very terrible attitude. So like, it'd be like playing with Paige, awful. Play with awful. Josh, Miserable. probably all right. I'm a blast. You know, Josh is stoned and drunk on the, like, you can't, oh, you can't say Josh my... a blast when your hot take was yeah, against Josh. But you can't. Just Whoa, just because a hot take doesn't mean I can't do it. Okay. That's what I'm saying. No, no, I'm just saying he's not gonna have fun with you because his hot take prevents it. But it's I not true. Like that he he found the positives in it where he said, you know, I have to do this. And I bet if you lived there, like Paige, you said you would stop playing. I bet if that was your option, you would probably continue to play. You would... oh, absolutely, I would. That's a thing. I, People... I find a way. Like I'm in downpour rain and I'm out there playing still here in Portland, and which I'm pretty sure they'd be like, oh, I'll take snow and frozen like this over, you know, just crazy ass downpour um and i get it i just yeah it's it's cold and the wind chills what gets me on the other side of that though is i don't think we get the same amount of downpours as washington i think they get a we also don't got else. yeah but they also have bigger canopies than we do so they also get into their that's trees true. and are protected more uh with so their they get more water trees. oh <laughs> but uh and it is it's always going to be because like Arizona probably complains about the wind that they get, the flatness that they get, and the stupid crowds that are always out there in the parks. Whereas sometimes we don't have those out here. There's always going to be downsides to playing. I think building those things. I think Portland is definitely missing a competitive league that is rated and have rated rounds. Um, that's definitely one of the things that we're missing. And so seeing like even that happen, I think is important. And that the fact that they're still getting out there and growing disc golf, that's that's always cool to see and watching it kind of be rewarded with some of these pro tours would be something special to see as well. Um, mm -hmm. 
Well, that's but, like a, there was a story where these three gentlemen have met every Sunday for like 600 weeks and something like that. And they were called the Sunday drivers, whether like whether it was 10 inches of snow downpour, they were meeting every Sunday. And it kind of becomes that like tradition. It becomes that support group. You're probably some of your closest friends where you're making sure every weekend you're doing something over and over again. Well, also, like think about it this way, too. Like, uh, what did we have last week in the Super Bowl? Um, and I was, you know, I made a stop by all day and I was talking to Jesse there and I was telling him like, you know, I was getting done with Peter Park when the game was already started. Um, and I was telling him, I was like, you know, or no, I finished a tournament. I finished a tournament. Um, and then I was going to say that, but I was telling him, I was like, I quit watching the Super Bowl when I really started playing disc golf because to spend four hours sitting in front of a TV when I could be out there playing, I'd rather make that choice every day. Um, to be out there playing, whether it's alone or with people, it doesn't matter because that's going to be better for my mental health than, you know, watching overtime of, you know, who the fuck cares between the Chiefs and the Niners. Um, both bad teams. Uh, they, they are both I bad think, teams. But I think all of America did watch. not care. Nobody cared about that game. Yeah. Uh, I cared. Cared, like I had some wagers on it. I cared a lot. Did you win? Okay. That's called uh, gambling. Like, and that's. Yeah. Gambling but can, be, can be fun. I do want to pull it back, though. We do have a question in regards to the what are our top picks for top three pros that don't tour. I got some uh, spicy ones. We got here. Where we go? We're going to go Cody, back. Cody, Cody, uh, that I'm don't done. tour. This one. Yep. Oh, that's that's the answer. No, that's their answer. It's right underneath that. Yeah, that's, that's their it. answer. I would have to okay. look up because I'm honestly not quite sure about. So, so for me, my top three pros that don't tour might surprise some people. It's Axel Olsen. Colin Bryant and Dallas Garber. I, I knew you were going to say Dallas. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think these are win this weekend. Dexter Park, do anything. Serene. Yeah. Hey, I think Trojan's I just the think best. For me, the way I look at it, like Gosh. I understand people want to be like, look at this 1020 rated pro that doesn't play and doesn't tour or doesn't tour, but he plays and he shreds. That's cool. I look to the future. I think these guys, these three kids that are 15, 16 years old, they're all over a thousand rated. They all have a future in this sport. And they're not touring right now. They're taking school seriously. They're not being homeschooled and going on tour. But I think this is the future. So those three names, Axel Olsen, Colin Bryant, Dallas Garber, get used to hearing them because I think they're the top three pros that are going to make a big impact. Um, what is it? Axel won, um, was it Junior Worlds last year? No idea. Never heard of him. Uh, anyways, but yeah, Amateur Disc Golf World Championships. That's Axel Olsen. Colin Bryant won Worlds, uh, Amateur Worlds. And then Dallas came in in a healthy 80th at those tournaments. Um, but I think these are our future. And I think, you know, you heard it heard first, but I think they're the three best non-touring pros. And when and if they decide to tour, I think they're going to make big splashes really quickly. Kind of like Cole Radolin, where it's like, you know, oh, two years on tour and he's already won one. And now he's a household name. He's a top 10 pro. So I think those three are my picks. Okay. Okay. It's, it's hard because, like, I don't – because you play MPO. Like that's the division you play in. So you get to hang out with kids uh, all the time. Hang out with children all the time that can throw further than you. That's, but no, not weird. not like that. But um you're just around them more. Where us people who play like MA two, maybe MA one, like it's hard to, to give names of of people who play MPO that aren't touring for me. I mean Dallas, I know Dallas. Dallas is a good kid. And I think he'd be really good um, on tour. I mean, eh. have you seen that boy throw? Uh, um, uh, 
not in person. All right, what's your what's your picks, Cody? Since you're so I, judgmental, I, I, I wouldn't know. I have the top three people. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know them because they're not on tour. I mean, Paige See, plays Paige? with like two of these people, so I can't like two of his three picks. He knows personally. I played with all three of them, but there, three I of them. Know, I wouldn't say I know him personally. I know Dallas personally, mm, and he's he's pretty. Sketchy I was in a six-way doubles playoff with the other two, but all I was referred to as, "Hey, you're the one that played with Dallas the Dubs, right?" That's all I get referred. You're the to old as. guy that plays. I'm the old guy, Dallas. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the mm, I, I I guess I would have to agree with Paige because I wouldn't know enough about these up and comers in Oregon because I'm on the East Coast. Well, who do you got in the East Coast? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, the East Coast is dead. Yeah, we got nobody. I do like this question though? Cole versus Gannon. Who will be more successful? There's Cole Radalin or Gannon Burr? Yep. I think. Are we talking more successful in wins? So this is, that's why I like this question. I think we have a good old healthy Ricky versus Paul conundrum here, mm. right? It's hard to say who's more successful. Yes, one has more world championships, but we've also acknowledged that world championship is kind of a diluted uh, statement, and it's growing to get there. Don't get me wrong, but one has more Player of the Year PDGA points championships, and so you start to kind of weigh some of those things out. And I do think I think Gannon is going to be. Uh, the probably the more major winners, but I think Cole's going to find ways to kind of sneak out some more of these like tour series wins in the long run, and I think make a more lasting, consistent impact on tour. Whereas Gannon is going to pop off in big ways um, and always be in contention, but maybe not necessarily always converting. So I do think uh, how you just define success is going to be imperative in deciding who's more successful. But I think we have a good old. A healthy rivalry brewing and i think they're good friends so there's also that aspect of it where it's like you're not going to have the paul this rick versus ricky rivalry it's going to be like hey look at these guys you know doing videos together and then out there beating each other i think more of the common household name maybe better sales would be ganon yeah, just because I mean, that... he he was the one that was like, "Where's Gannon gonna?" No one was really like, "Where's Cole gonna end up?" I mean, granted, that was different, but and he I, signed I like... relatively early. Yeah, and he was DGA, and that didn't get a lot of fanfare. Where you have like the Dismaniacs, where they're like, "Are we getting Gannon? Where's he gonna be?" Um, so I think, as far as that's concerned, I would say Gannon has the the up on that. And I always think of Cole Radon as a good putter, but if you look at Gannon's like putting stats he's quite good as well so i think they will go back and forth um i think we're gonna you... see a healthy dip in gannon this year because of the transition and i think cole's going to splash in a big way and i think that's gonna right now there's a gap right gannon is obviously the better player with more accolades i think cole bridges that gap a lot this year while gannon struggles with this mania plastic and making that commitment to it um but I do think sales Dismania just has a powerhouse of, of kids. They also have the amazing art by Manny uh, Trujillo. Trujillo, I know. Yeah, I, I, right now, I, it's it's hard to pick who I think uh, is be more successful. I think they're both being very successful personally. Um, I think Cole has this certain calmness about them, and Gannon has this like wily. I'm going to try some crazy Simon lines to him. Like, I think as popularity goes, I think that Gannon might 
overtake him at some point if he continues to do those things that are like crowd pleasers, you know, like doing things that make Mandos come about the second round, um, stuff like that. Um, but one thing, it's funny you brought up Colter Dolan. I was reserving a, um, a campsite uh, down at Whistler's Bend in Oregon, and I was just trying to find like a picture of one of the sites. And so I went on the Facebook page, and I was like scrolling through, scrolling through, and I got pretty far back and this picture popped up that the state park like posted and guess who's in the photo little Colbert Colbert Dollar. Dollar, little hey <laughs> little call <Cole. laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. funny and he's holding yeah. a disc in his hand what's he got what is that looks like an oh. end of a disc let's see xd no <laughs> That's really uh, hey hey hey. Enova. I think it's Enova. Check where you zoom in on these kids. I'm just saying. Oh, oh shit. my gosh! Family Cage, show. Don't make Cody. this <laughs> Anyways, it was really funny to like come across uh, an old picture of of Cole. Yeah, it was it was funny. <laughs> I'm a man. But I think that's I th a good question that we can continue to check in on a yearly basis. You know, I, I don't this... think it will be solved this year. Just like oh, we've I... had that battle, but like you said, Paul versus Ricky. Or um, I almost feel like this is like a, a Simon almost eagle type thing where That's Simon and Gannon, Simon and Gannon to me are the same vein where it's like, think about Simon when he was like, hey, I'm going to throw this disc 500 feet, 200 feet out of bounds, but I'm going to play the smart par over the Mando. Same thing when mm -hmm. Gannon Burr was like, I'm just going to tee off sideways and go this way. And, uh, and where I feel like Cole is more reserved and i feel like eagle is kind of more reserved at least you know just from what i've watched in person who knows they might both be silly dudes no i think simon and eagle is a good comparison because they have those friendships those videos together and for a while eagle was dominating until these last two years where simon just completely took off and i know eagle has a major in there and that's definitely uh, a strike against simon but simon's like seven pdga to wit or like tour wins of these last two years um and not even pull, playing full swings, and he's making it fun and accessible. Let's make disc golf fun again. <laughs> but we are reaching the top of the hour, everyone. So I do want to thank you all for chiming in. Questions definitely make Jammers episodes go a little bit quicker, and they catch us a little bit more off guard. Case in point, Cody and Josh have no idea who any of the, the pros that are on tour are. Me, I just know who the kids are, I guess. So with that, That's weird. next week, <laughs> Manny Trujillo is going to join us again for his artist collaborations. We spoiled some things last time that we kind of swept under the rug. So if you like spoilers, come check us out next week and you'll see some amazing art. Otherwise, keep jamming it in the rough. It's the we Bachelor. Out this week. Get a rose.